live from the Purple Water Studio at Marlin High School. This is Manly Marlin, our chance to engage our community mainly about Marlin. But we talk about other things too. My name is Daryl Henson, your proud superintendent. Today, I am joined in the studio with Lawrence Crawfish Galloway, Stacy Chirp Chirp Parker. Today's episode is about the strategic plan for the Marlin Independent School District and just overall the importance of having a plan to guide the future of the district and impact the academic achievement of every child in this district. Dr. Parker, whenever you arrived in Marlin ISD yes. in the summer of 2020, hot summer, hot. it was, it wasn't even a hot girl <laughs> summer, it was a hot educator summer, yes, hot was. with a hell storm. <laughs> <laughs> It was. When it came to your departments, what was just the base, the scope, the landscape of it? Well, the base and scope of uh, my initial department being student services was that um, I really didn't know, like, in terms of finding systems. I, I'm a systems person, and so my my biggest challenge was what is the process for this? What is the system for this? What did you all do to take care of this or that? And I found that that was kind of uh, lacking in terms of needing to just grasp, even on those bases of transportation, PEMS, what was set processes that you all had in place. And so how did that make your job more difficult. Well, you know, luxury coming from other districts that, you know, had years of, you know, different processes and you kind of go in and tweak. Now it jumps into I'm in creator mode. So yes. it means like now I can't just come in and fine tune or tune those processes. I have to think of it from start to finish so like creating and that then of course you know it's time intensive and so that added to the job itself and so lawrence you came in as a chief academic officer yes. but shortly thereafter you had to transition into the financial officer role whenever looking at your various departments what was the plan what was the process what was put in place upon your arrival in the summer of 2020. I want to be glad that I played school mm. growing up, like we've talked about before, <laughs> because it led, led me to know systems. It led me to know that things need to be in place and there's a way to do certain things. So walking into almost a half a million dollars of money that needed to be spent, walking into very little to no communication between other departments that impact the finances of the district, mm. putting those systems in place. And it's funny how people looked at us when we came in because we communicated with them. Yes. yes. Because we, let's have a meeting Thursday in my office and talk about how we're going to do this on and the first send day. send a calendar invite. They were shocked <laughs> about the calendar invite. Yes. They were shocked that we even just talked to them in general. <laughs> and that was very different. And building that relationship surprisingly was a little easy because they had never built a relationship with the chief academic officer, the CFO, someone from student services. So they were willing to talk to us and tell us a lot. Yes, <laughs> because I received a lot of information during my 21 day waiting period mm -hmm. and on the first day on the job. My first day on the job, I got to the office about 730 a.m. I had a three hour meeting about stuff. <laughs> it was just stuff in folders, stuff on the computer, stuff on a table in the corner. Yes. But there was no systematic approach or rationale for all of this stuff. Yes. And it's hurting my heart because the stuff that we should be doing. Mm -hmm. impacts children yes. in every classroom. And that's why I was just so big on, okay, we have to put this stuff together. Yes. And we have to not only make it make sense for us, 
but to make it make sense for everyone else in this district. So we began to kind of think and went through a strategic planning process mm -hmm. because the Bible says a man without vision will perish. will perish. And when it comes to children and their lives, we are not going to perish. We're going to be successful because we have an obligation to educate them. Yes. Dr. Parker, what was your take on the strategic planning process? Well, on the strategic planning process, I, I like this because, again, it's always important to sit down first and talk about what are our values, what, you know, we came in to know mission. Or, well, they had a mission statement, but it was kind of like a... The, change we, the adults. <laughs> change yes. the adults. Like, it was said um, <laughs> behaviors <laughs> will change when, when adults change. Yes. Yes. Change the mission. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do. So, Change that. So I was happy with just that because I know sitting down to do a strategic plan, meaning that first we have to define with all of the newness, we have to define what's our mission and what do we value. And, and knowing that we're all systems uh, people, we all like to have plans in place, it was only fitting that we start with uh, making some definitions about what we need to do to get the results that we so desperately needed. And so my biggest takeaway, I love that students were first. Yes. I love that students came first and everything we planned, we sat down for those, that's that hot summer that it was about the students. How are we going to open school? How are we going to make sure that the students get what they need? How are they going to eat? How are we going to get their data? Everything was about the student and centered around the student. And we had to make some adults adjust. And that's okay. Yes, we did. And But the students can honestly say I feel that they were taken care of and they are the first thing that we mention whenever we make any decision. Because it's okay for adults to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Last time I checked, we're all sitting in Marlin ISD for 890 students and their families. Mm -hmm. yes. And I love the adults. We have to make sure that we educate our children through our teachers, through our principals, through our instructional aides, through our cafeteria staff. But we have to get everyone on board to begin to adopt some of the same core values. Mm -hmm. Just what are our beliefs as an educator in this district to go forth and impact the lives of children? I'm big on self-accountability. Yes. It's so, it's so important that before you begin trying to direct others, you can direct yourself. Guide yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Govern yourself accordingly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Who am I? And then I think we all come with a level of of high expectations for self. So everything we do, we do with excellence. I, I don't know mediocrity. Like I'm going all out. And I think I was so uh, excited the other day someone actually tweeted something I said on one of the shows, but I think like if the standard is 50, go for 100. Yes. 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 He's, he's my number one, he's my number one fan that. now, you know. So You got one retweet. <laughs> I go, <laughs> you know. Post been up for six days. <laughs> one retweet. However, it was in line with our core values because every Everything we do, we should want to be excellent at it. We want to reach. There is a champion, a winning mindset, and I think that that's what we should do. Lawrence mentioned earlier about communication. Mm -hmm. The region, the staff, the community was shocked because we spoke to them. Yes. But we have to be excellent and transparent communicators. The work that we do every single day in this district, it just can't be confined to one campus or in one office. And we had to say we value speaking to everybody about it at all times and being bold with our conversation, I want to let you know what's happening in third grade, yes. the great things taking place in seventh grade science and what is happening in U.S. history. Do you know your state capitals? Yes. Question. We're going to take a pause on this one. <laughs> Stacey, what's the state capital of Montana? But I ain't no 
never been to Montana. I don't know. <laughs> I was just saying. It's <laughs> Helena, it? Helena. Is it Selena? It's Helena. Helena? Selena. Is it Selena? Is it? It's Helena with an H. Oh, Helena. Oh, Helena. It is. Oh. I know. Is it, you know you have y'all ever, have you ever been to Montana? No. No, but I heard it's beautiful. I did I heard too. With really, the really mountains pretty. in Montana? Yes. I don't even know where is Montana. Y'all. North Now, Canada. why you didn't ask me a Big math sky. question? I was a good math student. Why you ask me about the states? I was talking about communication <laughs> and, 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 and the states. But. Austin <laughs> is for Texas. That's where I live. <laughs> But I mean, we just definitely thought it was an it was an important piece of of the district to yeah. begin just opening up and not just showing our personalities, right. but letting them know about the great things happening here in Saint ISD. So I think with communication, they were even shocked that we communicated finances to them with financial transparency. When we opened the budget up and allowed people to, you know, defend their budget, why is this money here? A lot of people just kind of had a deer in headlights look. Because they've never seen where their budget come from, where it comes from, how it's derived, why are you getting this initiative, why are you getting this money to take care of students. And what I will say is being an educator, being in education as long as I have with talking with different budget managers along with Dr. Henson and Dr. Parker, we made sure that your goals were student first. We made mm -hmm. sure that your fiscal goals matched the district's mission, vision, and values to a budget that put students first and that was fiscally transparent. And we are very proud about our budget this year and hopefully going forward. You don't plan a budget. You budget according to your plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the, the great thing was the activity we took them through this summer, mm -hmm. all I of our leaders it. and teachers. Yes. Just to really show where does the money reside? Where does the money, money reside? reside? Where the money reside? I was glad I found a little tip to, to go along with my But training. the main thing I found was turn the lights off. The money that we spend on utilities, yes. the light bill, the water bill. How many times can you flush the toilet? We used to laugh when somebody's uh, heater used to get moved uh, over break <laughs> or while somebody's refrigerator sitting in the hallway with tape around it. But now I understand yes. why. Because yes. it runs up the electricity. It runs up the electricity. You don't think about that. <laughs> so now I turn the lights off <laughs> and I walk by. Cut them off. Cut them off. <laughs> <laughs> in the ground. We, we in here. Cut them off. <laughs> Cut them off. <laughs> So I just think one of the uh, key pieces that's important um, when we talk about school and students, especially our students that start to move up in the upper levels, is their their belief in themselves and what they feel like they're capable of doing. Um, part of going for the goal and going for the win, we think it's all the interventions and sometimes, you know, the, the strong lessons and that. And that does play a part. But if I don't feel like I am a student or a good student, then you're pouring in and pouring in, but it's just like a, a empty uh, hole that is falling through. Uh, students have to have some type of expectation of themselves. You have to love you some you. You mm -hmm. have to love you some I you. Because I love me some me. I love me some me. I was going to be the top. I don't care what you thought. I was the number one. And so students have to believe that. So do they feel like they're a student? Do they feel like they're capable of meeting our goal? And so what's the teacher's role in speaking life into the children to get them to believe in themselves. Because every child is not going to be a Dr. Stacy Parker. So what's the role of our teachers to build up our kids? Well, you just said it. Speak life. That positive energy. I'm all about energy. So what's your learning environment like? Are you seeing that kid with the head down and giving them that word of encouragement? Or just saying, hey, I know you can do this. You tried your best. Or, you know, are you giving me your 100? Or let's sit down. And sometimes offering structure. People don't think that structure helps. 
but offering that structure, that comfort. And when I feel comfortable, then now I'm starting to see my peers. I'm starting to see, oh, I can do this. I believe that I can do this. So, yeah, teachers just creating a good, fun, hype learning environment. Because it's the relationship. You have to have a heart for children. Yes. You have to like kids. You do. And I'll be honest when I say this. There, there are a lot of educators nationwide that do not like children. I agree. I agree. And it hurts my heart because you can be loved on first period, but then second period, you're going to go down the hall where you know this teacher doesn't have a relationship with you mm-hmm. or with anyone else. And they are literally here for the first and the 15th. That's right. The community has to have a role in the school. Yes. If we think about just key influencers as a part of our vision going forward, the city of Marlin, yes. this community has to begin to impact what takes place within our four walls because learning extends far beyond 4 p.m. Oh, it's yeah. it's going to extend at 6 p.m., at 8 o'clock at night, when you're in the barbershop, when you're at HEB. And once we get that true feel of embracing the whole child, not only athletically, but FFA, yes. academics, CTE, mm-hmm. and everyone is everyone's students, not just the employees, but the actual community members. That's how we begin to influence real change and make this school district a true pillar of the community. Absolutely. But it takes all those things for the quality instruction that they have to have the quality instruction to even be in place. When you walk into a room, like Dr. Parker mentioned, about the learning environment, if I don't like the way CTE is set up or the quality of instruction is low, I'm not going to pay attention. I'm not going to do well. So I know personally, if I'm bored, I know the kids are bored. Yes. And when mm-hmm. I taught, it was I was hyped, like Dr. Parker Got just mentioned. <laughs> I was hyped because this 45 minutes can be a long 45 minutes, or it can be a quick 45 minutes, and we actually learn something. But the quality of instruction comes from your heart comes from what yes. you want to see and what you want your kids to learn. I believe in with the quality instruction, differentiating learning happens naturally because you're, t- you're working with student A or they're just so engaged, they just, they're learning and they're getting their needs met at the same time. It's a mentality. It mm-hmm. is. You have, mean, you have to have a championship mentality. You do. It doesn't matter what we're doing. We want the state championship academically, mm-hmm. athletically, and in the arts because you can have that passion but do you have tenacity? Is it in your brain to say, everything I do, I'm going to do with excellence. Yes. I'm committed to excellence. I'm driven by pride. Mm-hmm. These are things that necessarily aren't tangible. Right. They're intangible. But if you have that mentality of, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make sure that the 22 kids in front of me yes. for the next hour and a half are going to be successful, then it's about to go down in this classroom. But far too many educators and leaders and superintendents and school nurses Mm -hmm. and cafeteria workers, they don't have that mentality of just championship all day, every single day. And I think they're kind of like, it's almost like a, like solo or like it's a disjointment. Like everyone is thinking on the island of I, and you're right. It is a team. So we're in a classroom. You have to feel like I'm a winner. So you all have to win. And I have to believe that you failing is a result of me failing. So as long as I am a champion, so we do need championship mentality because we need champions for children. No, and let's stay on this for a little bit. I don't want to get off of this because it really begins to to touch my heart. Mm -hmm. The mentality of adults can really impact in a positive or a negative way every single child. Oh, every single one. Teach. 
to me, I know there's no other feeling if you've never experienced it for a teacher at the end of the year when they blast the scores, Algebra 1, you knew you taught all Algebra 1. You see that 98 out of 100 <laughs> on the board and the principal talking about it's no, It's a sense of pride. It's a feeling that you just can't. You can't even really describe it unless you've been in that championship mode and you know what what it is to be a winner because you know you touch the lives of all those children and in that that were under your tutelage for that time period. So it, it's it has to be championship mentality and every kid has to win. And when we talk about teacher student relationships, it's not I don't have to be there friend. I'm like, I want you to stay not. on the adult level. You adult. Be a friend no. of a nine-year-old. <laughs> no, you're not the friend. Watching Peppa Pig. <laughs> now, I like me some Peppa Pig Paw now. Patrol is pretty good. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, that. I do watch cartoons, so I can connect <laughs> on some levels. However, in the classroom, you have to have that balance where you show some humility. You know, I always yeah. tell the story when I was a third grade teacher, I'm sorry, I was great in math, I was great in reading, not so great in geography as we saw in a little segment a while ago, but Selena Montana. Yeah, I don't know what Montana. I don't even know where Chitty Montana Chitty is. Or penguin the fish. That's what I'm saying. So I did tell this story that I literally thought a penguin. I grew up my whole life thinking a penguin was a fish. Why again is it in the water? Did not know a penguin was a bird. But my kids and I won the relationship. I'm not shamed. That's what humility is about. While yes. we're talking about teacher-student relations, I told my t- students I'm gonna phone a friend, and I built that trust. Because they saw in that moment, I don't know everything. I think it's important that to educate, we're lifelong learners. And when you build that relationship with students, you should be someone that they look up to and aspire to. But it's okay to show them that we're all learning in the process and to gauge that respect. And look up to as a respectable adult. Yes. Yes. Because you just can't be their friend and be cool with them. No. They should want to be like you because you have exhibited the academic excellence, yes. the the astuteness. Is that, yeah. that a word? Astuteness. Astuteness. But we got Selena Montana <laughs> and astuteness. But have you ever had a student dress up like you on, on twin day or principal day? Yes. 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 Because I always was styled. Um, I don't care what I was teaching. I don't believe. Gucci. It, it, yes. <laughs> High heel boots. <laughs> No, and but it just comes back to just being that actual model. Mm-hmm. And what I want the vision for this district is there's 200 models. Yes. There's 200 examples for children to say, I want to be like this teacher, this coach, yes. this employee, because we walk the walk and yes. we talk the talk. Now, there are some statements that are going to guide the district yes. because we have to begin to develop a profile of a graduate. And before we get to that piece to where they're graduating, we have to ensure that they can read. If there's one thing that is done correctly in the elementary school that will make every student's educational career easier, what would you say it is? Reading. 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 You have to be able to read. And so students in Marlin ISD have to be able to read on grade level by the end of the second grade. Yes. Because we're not going to intervene our way to success. It's going to be about high-quality, first-hot instruction, Mm -hmm. explicit phonics instructions, where we break down every phoneme, diphthong, and consonant blend. But by the time you finish second grade, you can read and read not only on grade level, Mm -hmm. but above grade level. Absolutely. We need to put Malachi like in the lower grade throughout the Bible. They'll be able to read. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Starting inserting some King James versions. (laughs) 
not only is reading important as a former math teacher, you know I have to advocate for the math teachers mm. in the room. Yes. I always, my motto was, you know, you can drop me in a jungle. My kid's going <laughs> to learn math on fig leaf. Yeah. And, but that was the, the, the dog mentality in me that my kids were going to get it. And I had some other barriers when I felt that I was the first math, male math teacher the student may have had. And I had to live up to a standard mm. because you'll never say, Oh, Mr. Galloway taught me this. No, Mr. Galloway didn't teach you that. <laughs> no, he did you. So, and what's funny is I had in me that my wanted my students to represent me in the next math class when they went on to geometry, when they went on to algebra two. Mm-hmm. But having that middle math, especially when it converts from that sixth, seventh grade on over, it's so critical because they go from that concrete thinking to that abstract thinking. And that's where algebra kicks in. And some kids just don't understand why the X is next to the two. They they struggle with that so badly. And that simple concept in seventh and eighth grade takes you all the way to college algebra. It takes you all the way to the military. And we have got to do better. And we are doing better in Marlin to make sure that middle math is a focus for our students. And math is important. It's not necessarily about when am I going to use it in life. Right. right? They say to help you count money. Algebra 1 is not going to help you count money. <laughs> not at all. It's not. Mm-hmm. But it's going to show that you can think through something. Yes. Problem solve. Problem solve. It's going to challenge your brain. Yes. And life is a challenge. It's not easy. So if you can't solve Y equal MX plus B hmm. with a calculator and some graph paper, woo! Because we did it. You know, I'm from the age. We didn't get to use calculators, so that's still a thought process for me. <laughs> I can do a graph. I get out that gra- uh, graph paper and do my lines for my x-axis and my y-axis, and I'm literally plotting after solving manually. So to me, I'm from the age of you kind of have to know automatically 8 times 7. Yes. 9 times 8. Yes. You know. So, Dr. Parker, as the principal of the high school, your goals are centered around graduation, and ensuring that students are college, career, and or military ready. Why is that important? And why is that a guiding statement for the vision 2025? Well, it's so funny because I actually started my educational career coming from the business world. This is not my first career. So I was actually a tax enforcement officer, worked for the IRS. And so I was actually in the business world and coming in the education. I taught high school first and I actually taught in a high school in a little suburb of Dallas that was an alternative high school. And I saw kids 21, 22. They had alternative schools in the suburbs? They did. They did. Uh, I'm not going to name no names, but some very rich elite people of Dallas sent their kids there (laughs) in terms of not sending them to the for real, for real alternative school. It's like a charter like alternative. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't want to get into scandals on this show. <laughs> However, in that, in that school, there were kids. <laughs> and when I learned high school, you can actually be like 24, 25 yep. and graduate. And we have to let them come. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We need to get out by 18. And so coming into Marlin and looking at the CCMR and getting the privilege to get back in my uh, high school realm, I was really excited because this is the step before they get out to the real world. This is the make it or break it. And you want it or you don't. And so it is important that in high school I introduce you to all your choices. What is your pathway? Many of our students here in Marlin had no idea. They had so many hodgepodges of one auto random class. Random. Random. Like, I mean, f- first semester was automotive. 
<laughs> Second period was home ec. Yes. Third third semester. Grass cut. You were it's like, goodness. And so Can we get a crosswalk? <laughs> uh think about all your college careers. When you all went mm-hmm. to college, what do you have to do? Declare a major. Mm-hmm. So like even though people think, well, why is this important? That's that first step to knowing I gotta put a plan together. I have to know what am I interested in and can I follow through? Cosmetology from principles all the way through, I'm doing someone's hair after Thursday night with Miss Massington, you know. So I think it's real important that our kids um, understand that they have to start having a mindset towards the next level. But we have to make sure that we develop the whole child. Yes. Students come to school for various reasons, yes. some academic, but generally speaking, for the most part, it is for the co and extracurricular activities. Yes. So for me personally, I was in a marching band. I didn't know what it was to ride the bus home in the afternoon because I had practice with marching band (laughs) in one season, track in another season, student council in another season. So having all those activities that were different, different coaches, different sponsors, developed me to be a well-rounded student. And I I don't have any championship rings. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) I don't have any UIL trophies either. But however, but, (laughs) but I think that develops the whole child to have empathy. Yes. Learn citizenship to learn just what it is to be a part of a community, to be to do team sports, that helps I have developed pride within the school community because then you say, you know, even though I may be on the bench first, second, third quarter, I'm out here with the uniform on. You're yes. not gonna, I'm going to represent the school and the district well. And so we have a roadmap, and our roadmap is our Vision 2025, the Marlin ISD District Strategic Plan. We have our Vision 2025, our District Strategic Plan. We're doing this plan to make sure that we have a path and we know where we're going forward. We have core values, we have key influencers, and we have guiding statements that will lead the work of why we show up and educate children. But the mission is simple. It is to turn potential into performance. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we fail children when we just say he had great potential. Mm -hmm. He could have, he should have, well, no, he will. Yes. He yes. needs to. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure that it actually happens. Yes. Because potential is unrealized excellence. And we mm. just said that we're committed to excellence. Yes. We said that everything we do, we do with excellence. And those just can't be words. That has to be us developing and putting in the time to provide an individualized education for every single student yes. to make sure that their potential turns into performance. Absolutely. And I think that with that, too, it's just really important in what is the profile of the Marlin graduate? What what does that look like? You know, what are some attributes? And I know for me, just some of the things that we talked about um, with kids and their expectations of themselves, are they trustworthy? Are they dependable? You know, do they know how to be a part of a team? That's the Boy Scout motto. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, <laughs> kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Adam, is that right? That sounds about right. That sounds accurate. We're going to make sure that we put that up. We're we going to check that. It's the, the, the Boy Scout oath. Model, I'm an Eagle Scout. I can okay. pull it up. Pull it up. Pull it up. So hold on. We're going to pause. We're going to pull it up real quick. And we're going to drop okay, it in. The Eagle Scout. And so it might not be the Boy Scout uh, motto, it's a slogan, an oath or something. So I think then what's uh, equally important then is to think about, you know, what is uh, a Marlin graduate? What is the profile of a Marlin graduate? 
And I think that those carry some key attributes, such as, you know, the student, the graduate has to be dependable, has to be uh, trustworthy. Or and, see, and those are very similar to the Boy Scout law. Mm. Now, you might not know, but I'm an Eagle Scout. Yeah. Really? And so the scout law is very simple. Mm. A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. <laughs> okay. And if doing, Adam, can you please bring that up, please? Yeah, give me a second. Because we're, because we're going to verify my knowledge on the scout law and equate it to the profile of a Marlin High School graduate. Mm. Well, let's check that out. And yes, thrifty. Uh, is this what you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Look at that scout law. Oh, and he got them right. In order. They got the burn edges on it so you know they it's old. They do, so they know it's <laughs> old. It's archaic. They've been saying that since. When did the Boy Scouts found? When, when, when was it founded? It was founded in Selena, Montana. <laughs> by, probably, it probably would have been. By very <laughs> a stout people. A stout people. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the mascot is a penguin fish. It's a penguin fish. <laughs> <laughs> so... And Marlon ISD, we have to make sure that your diploma is worth more than the paper is printed on. Absolutely. And so having a strategic plan, it'll guide us to getting the most out of our students for ultimately when they do graduate, mm -hmm. they can read on grade level. Yes. Their math skills are strong. Mm -hmm. They're graduating college, career, military ready. Mm -hmm. But while they were here in our schools, mm -hmm. they participated in several co-curricular and extracurricular activities. So going forward, we have a plan, but what do you all see are the next steps for Marlin ISD? So the next steps, we have tons of initiatives that we are getting gearing up for this school year. One of the things that we did and we're going to repeat is Masterclass. Yes. Masterclass was phenomenal with students that didn't even know we offered a lot of those courses from high school to middle school. We have art in all three levels of, of here K through 12, and students are participating, not even knowing that they had an art class in the building. So we have more students that are into now automotive, students that are into yes. ag, FFA, cosmetology. Barbering was a huge success with so many students signing up for it. So we have something for students. They keep my students. edge up tight. Mm. I, will, I will give them that. The, the edge up is straight. So we have something for those students. And we have so many other initiatives that we're going forward with, making sure our students have the best that ties them into being a great Marlin ISD student and graduate. Dr. Parker? Well, yes. I think in terms of, you know, just looking forward to the future, um, also we've ramped up the academic programming. And so we have um, so many programs. Club Fridays are here. And so on Fridays, our students, in terms of talking about co-curricular, have the opportunity now to actually be involved in student council, National Honor Society. Um, we have a entrepreneurship um, club starting. And this is not just at the high school level, but at all levels, uh, kids are participating in clubs to get them introduced to um, a variety of things so that they can explore. So the next tangible thing that I see taking place in the district is a robust curriculum plan. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we are a school system. Yes. And so working with our director of curriculum, Dr. Parker, our principals, it is just putting together that curriculum to where it makes sense for our teachers and for our kids. We know that they have the potential yes. to perform well academically, yeah. but now it is going to be on us to ensure that our English language learners, mm -hmm. to ultimately ensure that any student in special education mm -hmm. and all other subpopulations that have underperformed or have under, 
Oh, I messed that up, 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 up. So Stacy went, I'm going to go by academic. So scrap all that completely. So going forward, we're going to continue to allow the initiatives that we have and revamp a lot of the ones that we have a lot of success with. For example, Masterclass. We're going to revamp that to offer more courses that we're able to work with this year for the curriculum that Dr. Parker and that team has implemented and make sure students know that these courses are even here. For example, automotives, cosmetology, barbering, dance, and art. We have art at every single level. Mm -hmm. For a size district of us, that's almost unheard of. So we want to make sure the students are enrolling in those courses, taking those courses, and we're driving new initiatives. And our students drive those courses and those course selections that we uh, offer. And in keeping with that, too, and when we speak about uh, co-curricular, I know something going forward this year, too, is getting our kids exposed. And so we're starting Club Fridays at all three levels. And what that means is we are going to bring a variety of clubs, entrepreneurship club, yearbook club, student council, a national honor society. And so that will give our students that opportunity to learn more about those uh, clubs so that they can get more involved. I'm most excited about our core curriculum. Knowing that we have in place a sound curriculum for English, yeah. mathematics, yeah. science, and social studies, this is going to support our teachers in delivering high-quality first-hot instruction. Mm -hmm. It's going to allow our students to be taught, retaught, assessed, <laughs> reassessed, mm -hmm. and just to see where they are academically. Yes. Because we're going to ensure that their potential turns into performance, but we have to have a curriculum in place that will address every child. Our students who are on grade level, mm -hmm. above grade level, below grade level, English learners, special education students, yes. we're not going to stop at providing an individualized education for every child, and I am most excited about that. And our vision 2025 is the roadmap, it's the strategic plan, and it's going to guide the next steps of the Marlin Independent School District. Thank you for joining us this time on Manly Marlin. We look forward to being with you. I'll jack that up and good. That's the whole the, the outro is gonna be the thing. Okay. Okay, let's let's um before the outro, you last said that's our vision 2025. Yes. Let's cut to that for a second. And then maybe you can say something about like, you know, because we've been we've been cutting to it as okay. you've been mentioning different sections of it, but just a, a final wrap-up thing. Okay. Maybe say like, um, you know, we, you can download this from the website or we can you can tweet it out as a blurb Perfect. on the episode, something like that, yes, so that sir. we can cut to it for just a few okay. more seconds. Okay. Our Marlin ISD strategic plan, Vision 2025, is our roadmap for success. Mm -hmm. It is on our district website, and it is driven by pride and committed to excellence. Yes. Thank you for joining us this time on the Manly Marlin Podcast. We look forward to being with you soon. Being with you. Where'd that come from? Let's start that over. <laughs> being, being with, with you. you soon. <laughs> <laughs> know what kind of show you tried to do? See, last time you told me what kind of show you I'm not doing. Goodness. We may have to run it back before you go and, and until we meet again. Until we, we, we meet again. church. So right after, right as he says Vision 2025, you can cut to it. Okay, okay, so do, do again the Vision 2025 thing? Yeah. Okay. The whole outro. Okay. The Marlin ISD Strategic Plan Vision 2025 is our roadmap for success. It is driven by pride mm -hmm. and committed to excellence. Marlin ISD will ensure that every student 
turns their potential into performance. Thank you for joining the Manly Marlin Podcast. I'm your superintendent, Dr. Daryl Henson. Until next time.